Hi, welcome to our podcast, Three to Live By. I'm your host, Suzanne Benford, and my co-host, Greg Maddox. Hello, hello. We're here to talk about simple answers for complex questions. Narrow it down to three maxims or philosophies. I like the word philosophies. Greg, we know, is a maxim guy. Mm-hmm. But I bring three, he brings three. We try to answer questions and narrow it down between the two of us to just three instead of all six. And the main thing is about trying to figure out how to get through life's challenges. Uh, you know, we're both licensed therapists, but that's not doesn't give us any special expertise, does it? No, it turns out we're still human. Hey, you know, we're talking about breakups and divorce, and we both had uh, our share, so... For sure. So, you want to go first this time? Well, thank you. I sure will. So, yeah, here's my story. My first marriage ended after 11 years. It was nothing dramatic, mainly immaturity and a lack of courage. That's my best guess. My wife and I were both the youngest child in our respective families, so we were both essentially passive and followers, I believe. It's not a great dynamic for a healthy family. After the split, I was discouraged and lonely. I felt a sense of failure, but my biggest worry was for my five-year-old daughter, Sally. I knew her life would be upended, that nothing would be normal again. But you know, we did recover. We did rebuild. I'm in a happy eight-year marriage, and my daughter is in grad school in England. So we recovered with lots of help from family and friends, from church, and by keeping our focus on work and education. That's my story. What you got for us? So my story is I have been married multiple times and also divorced multiple times. Really, I think it was my second marriage that got me looking more at myself. I had the idea that I carry myself into each relationship, but the second marriage was so messy all the way through. It was very, very messy, and the divorce was really painful and difficult. Even though I initiated it, it was super, super painful. The one thing that I really understood going through this is that I am the common denominator in every single one of my relationships, whatever that is, whether that's a friendship or a romantic relationship, I'm the common denominator. And so I really had to dig deep in that second one. I did not want to continue this pattern of fixing. I am a fixer, which is just a horrible thing to carry into a relationship. It really is. So I had to look at that. Why am I like that? How am I going to get through this divorce? Second divorce, there's so much shame attached to that. So really looking at myself and getting through it in the healthiest way possible. So that's where a lot of the stuff that I bring to the table today comes from is that what I, those things that I learned about myself in, in that second divorce. So, yeah. What you got? I've been divorced once and remarried once. You've been divorced twice? Divorced twice, and I am married a third time. And this relationship is the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. 
it, I was not sure that I would ever get married. And I think people say that a lot after they get divorced or go through a huge breakup. Um, but after that second divorce, I, I actually realized that that, rela- that relationship pattern was running through my friendships as well. So it wasn't just my romantic relationships that this pattern of fixing people or um, just an unhealthy dynamic. So I really worked on that. And I, my husband and I have been married for a little over a year. We've been together five years. It is a very healthy relationship and so much different than, than my previous relationship. So I did learn a lot. Um, for sure. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my relationship patterns. Um, I am, I am very happy. But that's a good point you make that, you know, things that sabotage our relationships actually play out in relationships with friends and family. So it's not just. Yes. Yeah. And I had to do breakups with friends after that too, after that second divorce. And I realized that they're those dynamics were playing out in some of my very close friendships. Alrighty. You know, I usually go first with the three uh, maxims. Why don't you go first today? So my first one is to talk to someone. Sometimes we want to withdraw and isolate ourselves. And when I say talk to someone, I don't mean a therapist. You don't have to talk to a therapist. Of course, you're welcome to. But it should be someone you trust. That stuff that is rolling around inside of you has to get out. And there's so much value in just getting it out. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be well-worded. It just needs to come out so it doesn't eat you from the inside out. So talk about it. Talk to someone. Yeah, that's a great one. That is so important not to bottle things up, right? Mm Mm-hmm. My second one is to keep busy in the beginning. It lets that grief move through you because it is a loss. Sometimes we don't, we just associate the word grief with the death of someone, but this is the death of a relationship. So it is grief. It is grief of the loss of the relationship. So it lets that grief move through you when you can move your body or keep your mind busy. It doesn't mean you won't think about it. Of course, you are going to think about it. Um, in, in, in that keeping yourself busy, it should be healthy activities. So I do want to say that, that you don't want to do self-destructive things. So you don't want to drink about it. You don't want to use drugs about it. You don't want to eat about it. You want to do healthy activities that you're going to feel good about when you lay your head down at night. You know, the feelings after a breakup are very intense. And sometimes you need something to scratch the itch. Maybe you walk. That's what I did after that second divorce. I walked for months. I I think I put six miles a day on my shoes sometimes. It was it helped me move through the grief. And I was grieving the loss of a child also. So the second divorce kind of piled on top of some other grief, but, but I just, I had to move. And that was so helpful getting that grief out of me. 
and it was intense. So walking long distances really helped me. It doesn't have to be exercise. It could be, I don't know, DIY projects around the house. Maybe you build a shed or grow a garden or but something to kind of match the intensity and scratch the itch. Does that make sense to scratch that itch? Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than sitting alone in a room watching too much TV and playing on the internet too much. Yes. (laughs) And we certainly have that available to us. And we've gotten a lot of practice doing that in the last couple of years. The pandemic. Who that which was a loss. I mean, that was kind of a breakup with the world almost. True. Yep. (laughs) So yeah, that's my second one, keeping busy. And then I know this last one is really therapy, but it's something that I used for myself. In the grieving process, especially this last divorce, was allowing my feelings to happen, particularly the discomfort. So this is one of the more challenging ones because it's so uncomfortable and nobody wants to be uncomfortable or sit in that discomfort but you get the chance to grow from it. Sometimes people don't understand what that means, the feel your feelings, but it is to literally sit with it. So there's there's a an acronym called RAIN that goes along with um, sitting in your feelings, but it, it starts with R. So R is to recognize that you're having a feeling, recognizing that you're uncomfortable. And the A really is this part of my third philosophy. And that's to allow the feeling, allow it. What does it make you think of? Where do you feel it? Does it make you feel like your chest is super tight? Or you do you notice that your shoulders are super tight? Or do you feel like throwing up all of the time? So recognizing or allowing that feeling to happen in your body to just let yourself feel it. That's the thing about feelings is they don't give a crap that you don't want to feel them. They just sit around and wait for you to feel them. And, you know, if you distract yourself too much or you start numbing that feeling with food or alcohol or drugs or people or whatever... The feeling is like, that's okay, I'm just going to have a seat and I'll wait for you. I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow. It's going to come out sideways and it's going to be huge and it's going to come out in a really nasty way. So if you just sit with it and let yourself feel it, it will move through your body. It'll, you, you give it time, basically. Investigate. That's the eye in rain. So investigate. Where's this feeling coming from? Is it because I feel like I did something bad in the relationship? Is it because I feel unlovable or that I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life? Am I just feeling lonely? So investigating where is that feeling coming from? And then in would be the next steps. So those are my my three. It's good stuff. Uh, it's going to be, uh, yeah, I hope it's really going to be helpful. And you took some of mine, but, you know, I'm always throwing a little different spin. Okay, okay, let's uh, hear it. Here's my three maxims on recovery and rebuilding after a breakup or divorce. Number one, go humble, not angry. Unless there's domestic violence or infidelity, 
I think that's a good maxim. Now, when I first came up with this a couple of days ago, I thought, yeah, that's that's really good. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. You know, some people, they need to go angry, and then they can go humble. So, uh, you know, it's a maxim. It's a simplistic way. But I, I'm basically saying humility and being calm generally is better than getting angry about it and being bitter and angry for too long. Mm. What do you think about that one? I think you hit the nail on the head that it is helpful sometimes for people to get angry. In my second yeah. marriage, I had to get angry to get out of it. Oh, good point. Yep. I, I'm agreeing that it serves you. Obviously, if it's under control and you're not locked up and you're not yes. hurting anybody. <laughs> Anger and indignation. No, that's part of standing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a caveat. Go humble, not angry. But if you need to be angry to get out and to get through the first part and then work yourself, work your way to, of course, calmness and mm-hmm. humbleness. Okay. And I do want to say that I didn't like try to run over anybody with a car, but just angry, angry and indignant. I like that word. Good word. Good word. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Here's number two. And this one's related to one of yours quite a bit. Do nothing for six months. Do nothing for six months, except be good to yourself. Don't worry about getting another relationship. No big decisions. Just live. Exist. Have some fun if you can. Take the pressure off. Recovery takes time. I Yeah, it is similar to one of mine. And I love that. That do nothing for six months. It is really helpful. It's uncomfortable. And we if you've been through any sort of breakup, you always have the one friend or maybe you have a group of friends who's like, the way to get over someone is to get under someone. It doesn't help. I have yet in my 50 years ever seen that help. Ever. I've never seen it help. It lets you distract. It's similar to like, you know, eating about it or drinking about it because it's it numbs that feeling, that discomfort, but ensues that fear just for a short period of time. But yeah, that do nothing. And it does kind of force you to sit in that discomfort that it's so, it's just, breakups are not fun. Mm-mm. Okay. And number three, develop your core self of values and beliefs. You know, in hard times, we always fall back on our core self. So make sure when things start going down and you're recovering, this is a time to learn and grow. And a big part of that is developing what faith or philosophy of life that you want to embrace. And your core self provides a foundation for all of the ups and downs in life. What's your take on that? Yeah, that's, that's I think, true. It's a little further out, I think, and after you have a breakup that developing your core self because we tend to lose ourselves in relationships or not always I mean in a healthy relationship you don't lose yourself but a lot of people find in a breakup especially if they feel super lost that they have lost themselves so they do need to develop who are my friends or what do I like to do or what's my favorite flavor of (laughs) ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. 
that probably is a little bit further down the line, but I think you got to be careful not to not even go there. You may never get around to that if you push it down the road, if you're staying too busy with relationships, jobs, this and that. Yeah. If you, Basically, if you don't have a stable core self, inner peace, whatever you want to call it, it's hard to deal with any anything. So that's why I'm always an advocate for this topic. So I think the reason I say it's down the road a little bit is because you have to clear out all that other crap from the breakup to recognize. I know this sounds very like breakup songish, but to kind of peel back the layers of that grief to recognize, oh, there you are. I eat this particular food because my partner loved it. And it reminds me of them. Or I prefer this brand of sparkling water, but I've been drinking this brand because that's what they preferred. So I think peeling back those old layers, recognizing how much of their stuff you've taken on, kind of let that stuff clear out, you know, like take some sage to yourself to clear it all out. And then where, where am I? So I, I do like that one. I just think it comes a little bit further down because there's just so much stuff to wade through. It's like this pool of thoughts and feelings and fears to swim through for a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so there is our three maxims each. Uh, are we going to pick a top three? Where, which way should we go on this one? Mine. We should pick all just mine. Mm, just hey, mine. You, you're the one that's got the most <laughs> experience. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging <laughs> that I'm the divorce expert. <laughs> yeah. No, you're in a happy marriage. I'm in a happy marriage. We're pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. So let me recap then. The three maxims we think best for recovery and rebuilding after a divorce or breakup. Number one, talk to someone. Don't isolate. Find someone you trust. Get out that stuff rolling around inside you that will harm you if it stays bottled up. Number two, keep busy in the beginning. Don't do anything for like six months. Let grief move through you while you stay busy. Healthy activities, of course. And number three, allow your feelings to happen. Feel your feelings. Sit with it, particularly the discomfort. You get the chance to grow from it when you allow your feelings to happen. So those are our Top three maxims are philosophies. And for the record, we are keeping one of Greg's. It goes right on in with mine. The whole do nothing for six months. I mean, you're doing something, but you're not hopping back into a relationship. You know, it's so hard. Uh, I guess my main takeaway on this topic is that weakness and failure is part of being human. We go into relationships and marriages excited, hopeful, feeling, you know, healthy and whole. Now, how to keep a relationship strong and uh, healthy, that's a topic for another podcast. You that's know? a whole other show. Yeah. Yep. For now, keep in mind that you are a good person out there. You will get through the 
tremendous hurt and disappointment if you've had a recent breakup. You will learn and grow and jump back in when you're ready. You know, I went 10 long years between my first and current marriage. You know, life is a journey, not a destination. It is. (laughs) Keep that faith. It really is. And, you know, even, I don't know about for you, even for me, I'm in a happy marriage. We're doing well. But, you know, those little habits creep in on both sides. Mm -hmm. And you got to realize it. My current wife, we talked about how we're happy and how this is different than our first. She had a first marriage, too. You know, I would have, in the old days, I would have said, yeah, we're doing great. But I said, yeah, but you know what? We're going to, at some point, we're going to run into a wall and we're going to say, you know, is this the right person? They're doing this and doing that. We're going to, even though things are great and we're a a good match, we're going to run into that wall too. That's not going to change. So, yeah, you got to be careful because we all fall into our old patterns, even though we've learned and grown we still tend to make similar mistakes and have our own little quirks and personalities. Yes, yes. All right. Well, anything else on this topic before we wrap her up? No, I'd like to hear what your all's experience is on this. Maybe it's something we revisit. Maybe we we bring someone on here who's been through as many or more divorces than I have, and they've got some things to say about that too. I'd be interested in what you all have to say. Any other topics? Obviously, we're going to visit a whole lot of topics, and the things we bring up kind of venture over into to other um, places where we can have three maxims, but we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is 3TLB podcast at gmail.com. So that's the number three, the letter T, the letter L, the letter B, like boy, podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, suggestions for next shows. Love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you guys listening. This is fun and we hope it's been helpful. Bye. Take care. Bye.